Welcome back to 4 out of 10. Uh, what was our tagline, Daniel? It was uh, like the, the least, world's least downloaded podcast. The world's least downloaded podcast. I'm your host, Josh, Josh Face. Uh, I'm back with my boy, Daniel, special guest, Daniel, and another guest, Lewis. Hey, how you doing? It's good to be back. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm under your sink. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm under your sink. <laughs> Which is Lewis's tagline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're back. It's been uh, weeks since we last saw each other. We're all fresh. <laughs> We've got all brand new anecdotes and stories. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk about VR and the future of gaming. Yes, which is something I wanted to... Uh, a couple footnotes on the Kinect, uh, which um, we talked about in the previous episode about motion controls and things like that. Have you guys seen Paranormal Activity 3? Which utilises the Kinect as part of the... Um, uh, yeah, no, but this is the thing. So in Paranormal Activity... The, the Kinect is, is fucking... Has been utilised in multiple places for, for spooky phenomena and stuff. Yeah. Because it, it... Basically, in the film, um, they like, Hey, check out this cool thing the Kinect does. The Microsoft Kinect. Buy it for $60. Um, it shoots out a bunch of laser infrared dots. That's... I think that's kind of how it works, right? And yeah. so under certain light conditions, you can observe it on a camera as just being a bunch of dots in a room. Yes. And then they use that to detect the, the presence, presence of, of paranormal, paranormal activity. activity. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's mostly... I mean, paranormal activity is shot in the sense of its CCTV footage. Uh-huh. And one of the CCTV things has got a night vision camera. And the night vision camera... <laughs> is looking in the living room and the li- there's kids and they've got a connect and all just dotted around that room in a room very similar to this, there are just dots, just green dots and lasers coming from the Microsoft Connect mm-hmm. trademark. And it's sometimes those dots move. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's not unlike paranormal activity to have dumb fucking plot lines. I remember I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the third. Haven't been graced with that particular gem of cinema. I saw it in the cinema. Well, I yeah. saw, that's I, your mistake, isn't I it? I saw it in the world's tallest cinema <laughs> in Glasgow. Um, there's a little pop thing. I'm so surprised. See, when you brought it up, I immediately knew what you meant. But, you know, we, we'd been talking about, you know, the connect. And I was like, I could not fucking believe that I forgot yeah. that in Paranormal Activity 3... Um, three or four I can't remember it's one of them yeah that they, they you know there's like it's like a little kid like a ghost child yes and you can see his little ghost child outline moving on the connect dots is he playing Fable <laughs> <laughs> it's Milo it was Milo all along ah. <laughs> the other thing is that um, I've been told that in the in the popular store where you can trade and exchange goods that we both work in, there is someone who comes in and he buys connects. He buys connects in bulk, and and this is true. Like you know, we're not, we're not making this up. Like, and and you know, I don't know about you. He's convinced me because what? No way. Yeah, no, of course not. Ghosts aren't real. The connects not even real. The fucking this guy. He fucking he takes connects and he attaches a stand to them. Um. And they've got software in them, which means you can plug them into a PC and yeah. they'll work. Like, yeah. as, as an infrared camera kind of dealio. Mm. So, and he sells them as ghost capture uh, cameras. Not They don't capture the ghosts, but they capture evidence of ghosts. Mm. Um, and so he buys a Kinect uh, from a certain secondhand electronics trading store. Do they specifically reference it as a Kinect? No. No. It's oh. but it they, they call it like this special camera thing and he I think he fills a little box with gemstones. 
He glues it to the back of the stand, which he uh, drills to the uh, to the connect, <laughs> and he sells it. He buys it for like what twelve to fifteen quid. They're not a lot of money. They're not much at all, and sells it for ninety. Yeah, and people fucking buy it. Yeah, and people are like, you know, the reviews are, are gracious <laughs> on on eBay. They're just like, wow, yeah, you know, I set this up, uh, you know, with my gnomes, and wow, you know, I found it. I found it brilliant, you know? And like I say, he doesn't have to do anything. He just does a bit of DIY because, you know, people plug them into their computers or into a hard drive and they, you know, they just do their thing. They just record. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Connects. Made, you know, made by, by Microsoft to the, hunt ghosts. Yeah. The other thing is that the Connect is so kind of good at um, finding the movement of people that they're being used by video game developers a lot. There's a couple... Gosh, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but there are people who are in, like... Uh, you know, like motion capture and video animation and things like that, where their first foray into it is just buying three connects, <laughs> setting them up in one room and being able to capture the motions of someone. And that's really cool as kind of like an entry point. That mm. makes sense because, you know, obviously, you know, when people do mocap, obviously they've got normally like 80 cameras and they've got little dots drawn on them. But the yeah, that's... Yeah. Connects a good idea. Um, but moving on from there... Mm. Uh, into, VR into VR, which is kind of, I would say, the current gen of gaming. Um, Connects are sort of last era, and then before that was motion controls. Mm. So it's gone like motion controls into like advanced motion controls, and now into kind of virtual reality. And virtual reality, I would say, is, well, it's on the up and up. It seems to be. We've come into the uh, era where virtual reality is much more accessible, it's getting better, it's getting mainstream. But something I wanted to talk about was the history of it. Yeah. And it goes back quite a long time, much more than you would expect. Um, one thing I saw recently was I watched a YouTube series, I don't know if you guys heard of it, it's called Defunct Land. Yes, uh, where they go to theme parks yes. and stuff like it's that. It's very, very good where... Josh, you're giving me blank stares. Never heard I'm of it. I don't know. Oh, it's a good, it's it's good. YouTube series where they go to uh, old, or they explore the history and stories behind old, defunct... Um, theme parks and theme park attractions and ride. Sounds fascinating. Very, very interesting. They do a lot of stuff on Disney stuff. Yeah. And that's always great because uh, Disney are very secretive in their corporate culture. They really like to project the image that they're happy and friendly and they don't like to give away any of the business stuff. So get really deep diving into that is very interesting. And there's one about Disney, which is really, really interesting. In the 90s, they tried to launch uh, as a sort of supplement to their big theme parks an arcade experience. And oh they, wow they called it disney quest and it was going to pop up in a location that didn't have a full theme park it was this huge building you walk in and there's different attractions uh sort of based around video gaming there was like um you know all sorts of games and creative spaces where they actually had like touch tablets where you like um it's basically like microsoft paint on a touch tablet all oh, right yeah. that was in the 90s and, oh, no way. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And to that end, they also had virtual reality stations. Mm. Uh, one of the most popular attractions in their sort of like uh, inaugural uh, location, I think it was in Chicago, could be wrong, don't quote me on that, but it had a uh, Aladdin magic carpet ride VR, VR experience. And that you... makes a lot of sense because... Sorry, you were, you were going to say... Mm, no, go on. So it's, it's like 
I imagine you put on the headset and you go on this magic carpet ride. That's it. You sit on these weird, they look like a bit like bikes, but they're stationary. You right. put on the headset. The headset isn't wireless like it is nowadays. Right. Um, but they show some, you the world. But they show you the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. You put it on. It's like attached. Big, there's like this huge, really thick looking cable that's attached to yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. You put it on. It looks pretty much exactly like a Vive. And... Mm. Um, it's interesting watching video of the actual uh, what you would see if you put on the headset because it's all early 3D polygonal looking stuff. Yeah. You know, it sort of looks like the early Pixar stuff. Mm. Um, and yeah, you go on a magic carpet ride through the town, Agrabah or something. Agrabah, Agrabah. yeah. Yeah. Mental. That really took me back to they had that sort of stuff. That was um, early 90s. Yeah, in the 90s. That's crazy. I mean, uh, the other thing that was kind of coming about at that time was also the Virtual Boy. Mm. Was it not? Yeah. Late 80s, wasn't it? The Virtual Boy, or was that the 90s? No idea. Um, I'm going to Google it while you Please do. About. It was, I mean, it was a pretty much commercial failure. Well, they only oh, had yeah. 13 games yeah. um, at launch. People were comparing the, the Wii U to the to the Virtual Boy. At, really? Yeah, at its launch, because... Oh, yeah! The Wii U has no games. Oh, no, <laughs> forgive me, it wasn't the 80s. It was the uh, 1995 was the release. So, of yeah, the one. So, yeah. Mid-90s, yeah. Yeah, so... But still, I mean, you know... Um, virtual reality stuff like you say it's been around for some period of time I remember one of the late game items in Sims 2 was a virtual reality headset yeah it's been something that's kind of been in popular culture for a long long time there's a part in Toy Story at Pizza Planet where, yeah, yeah, where they're they're playing like VR headsets and doing stuff like that. Even in things like you wrote down Star Trek. Yeah, it's a very popular idea for a long time. In Star Trek, they have a holodeck. Yes, yeah. that was TNG in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and mm. even earlier than that. What I noticed was uh, in Star Wars, when Luke initially gets on the Millennium Falcon, he's talking with um, old what's his face Ben Kenobi. Oh yeah, he's doing his initial training. He puts on a headset which. I thought that just blinded him. Was it? That's what I thought. I, I assumed it was just like a welding mask that he's got on. Like oh. he's got like a little a thing down. All right, well, forget it then. <laughs> it's, it's cool. That's fine. Maybe, maybe it is. A maybe that was me coming into it with my modern perceptions. Oh, okay. I saw it and say, hey, look at that. Cool, Luke Skywalker's got, got a fucking Oculus yeah. Rift. Yeah. But... I mean, it would help, I feel, with, with lightsaber uh, training. Yeah, yeah. In general. Okay, I was wrong with that. But the holodeck, definitely. <laughs> Just straight up, yeah. I yeah. mean... Sorry. Well, there was also uh, the Red Dwarf episode, Better Than Life. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, where oh, they, they plug episode, themselves yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Rimmer's subconscious works against him. Fantastic. That's it, yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, it was experimented in that. So science fiction has been interested in it for a long time. A hell of a long time. I think it's only until the announcement and uh, release of the Oculus Rift, I believe mm. was the first one. What was the biggest one? F the first one that sort of came to the mainstream attention. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that I started know. in 2010, maybe. I'd agree with that. Around there, that sure. it really started to take off. Yeah, it's 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 taken off, sure, but it it's still, it's it's weird you mentioned Disney, you know, feasibly having this VR attraction because you know Disney's recently come out with like a brand new theme park. This is going to sound like a weird junction, but try, I'll go back to this. Like, um, they've got this whole new theme park based off of Pandora from Avatar. Oh right. Right. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about this. Right, and it, and it's fascinating because they've got all this like all these attractions which are which are based off of you know future technology. There's a thing where you have your face scanned, 
and then they graft like a like a little doll for you, but like it's you but a Navi. Mm. And there's like a virtual reality ride, but it's not really. It's just like a a four D ride. You all sit in like a little a moving thing, and there's a big screen IMAX screen in front of you that, mm-hmm. that plays stuff. But you know, most of the the money and technology and that stuff is to create this. The whole point of the thing is it's supposed to be like being on the planet pandora right that's the whole point of the thing and to simulate that environment they you know they they built this theme park and they've got these animatronics and stuff like that and you'd think well maybe you know vr would be a much cheaper way of doing that you know you you can you can add to it and you've got this sort of three-dimensional electronic world you can explore Mm. but a lot of people are kind of putting that stuff to the wayside still i feel you know it's other than gaming and a couple of educational tools, to what extent has VR really been utilised? I would say there is, um, <clears throat> there's a really cool thing I've seen in VR where they, it, it's being used to train up doctors. So it's for people who are like performing surgeries, um, you know, potentially life-saving surgeries. You're not really able to perform those on, you know, living people. Do they use surgeon simulator? <laughs> <laughs> That's my original thought. I was just thinking, like, you know. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you can't really perform those, you know, potentially life saving or threatening surgeries on real people. You can't really learn up on that point with human guinea pigs. That's far too big a risk. Mm-hmm. So you can use that as a jumping point and you can learn through that. Beyond that, I haven't seen a whole lot. Like, a, like flight simulators. Oh, like well, a... flight simulators, yeah. Mm. So that's the history and that's the potential applications of it for non-gaming but i want to know about our experiences with vr yeah i was i was gonna go into that the first time i ever experienced vr was at 8-bit gaming bar fuck you 8-bit gaming bar (laughs) glad you're out of business (laughs) calling you out again second time this is your uh, update on the world's official 8-bit gaming bar hate podcast (laughs) what i saw in 8-Bit Gaming Bar, they had the... Um, was it the Oculus Rift? They I think did, it was the yeah. Oculus Rift. They had that set up, and you could pay a little bit for like half an hour or an hour on it. Right. But I was like, hey, I've never played one of those before, and I think I got to have a little free go. And they... what happened was that um, stuff got chosen for me. I didn't really get to choose what mm. I experienced. I, I, like, I pick up the headset, and it gets given to me, and it is noticeably used. <laughs> yes as most things are in the 8-bit gaming bar the former 8-bit gaming bar is no longer there but thank I... god <laughs> <laughs> so i put it i put it on and it's a little sway but like whatever and and like it's, it's all black and then they're like right let's load this up and it's minecraft mm. and i'm like whoa cool minecraft in vr but you're i was in say i i'm gonna say i because it was like it's it was first person so it makes sense in that in that terms I was sat in a um, minecart, minecart, and it's like on, you're on the rails, so it's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, I feel like I would have got a better experience had it not been in a Minecraft world, because <laughs> it, it just seemed like a video. It was just more of like a video where you could just look around and that sort yeah. of thing. But because you were like on the rails and it was moving around you, there there is like a certain percentage of people who like when they are using this equipment get motion sick mm-hmm. i found out instantly i am one of that percentage because yeah. my stomach just churned and i was like <sighs> like i did not like it and it immediately gave that me bad. Th- it gave me a throbbing headache and my stomach started churning and that video was only to my recollection a minute long at max now a minute 
is a long time when you're feeling like a bit sick. And then I was like, I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy that. And they were like, well, let's try something else. Let's try something else. So they loaded up another video and it's sort of, you know, sort of like flash animation videos mm-hmm. where you like, you click on like a certain thing and then it like moves on to the next like sort of scene. Sure. It felt like that, but instead of having to click on something, you moved your head so that your vision, your central point of vision was at the thing that needed to move on to the next scene. So you had to focus on something. You had to kind of focus on something. But the things that I was focusing on weren't like little uh, bubbles or anything like that. They were colourful little men who would fart out glitter. (laughs) Yes. What was this called? I don't remember. It just kind of got chosen for me um, by the gentleman who ran the the bar and was like, you'll love this. You'll think this is great. (laughs) And I didn't think it was great. I thought it was weird and obtuse and not really what I wanted to be my yeah. first foray into what is potentially, you know, a huge shift in in the world of video gaming. Well, also, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, possibly. That's his second biggest mistake after opening the gaming bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it wasn't his first time doing that because uh, my first VR experience was identical to yours. <laughs> it was at 8-Bit Gaming. <laughs> And I sat down and said, hey, what's this? And he says, it's an Oculus Rift. I said, cool, can I try it? He said, yeah, sure. And he loaded up a little video and Mm. it was Minecraft. And (laughs) I was on rails and it's around a small Minecraft village. And I thought, hey, this is cool. I didn't throw up like Josh did, uh, thankfully. I was uh, pretty chill about the whole thing. No, no, no. I wasn't wasn't there with Josh. I was just, you know, imagining. Uh, And then he said, uh, I'm going to put on another thing for you. I said, cool. And it was that same thing. It was two dudes. And they sort of, like, fuck about for a bit. And one's red and one's blue. Blue, yes. And at the very end, you look up in the sky and there's a giant ass uh, <laughs> for the moon. Yeah. Did you get that far? Yeah, I did. I finished the video, unfortunately. And I t- took it off and he said, wasn't that great? And I said, no, I'm going to leave and uh, never come here again, hopefully. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I had a better uh, experience with VR uh, mm. more recently, a few months ago. And my initial 8-bit gaming one was a few years ago now, but a few months ago, I went to a place in uh, Red Roof, of all places, called Player Ready. I don't know if you've heard of it. I told Josh. But, nah, um, I've never heard of it. No. So I googled uh, VR in Cornwall, because for anyone who's not familiar with our humble county, mm. it's um fucking backwards. It's like living somewhere which is stuck 20 years in the past. It's per- the, permanently. It's the Florida of, of the UK. It's, it's <laughs> down south. There's a bunch of beaches and old people. Yeah. And um, it, it takes forever for anything new and different to get here. Yeah. So I wondered, hey, I wonder if there are any... Because uh, I've heard about these other places up country, sometimes in like, you know, huge malls or shopping centres of VR experiences. And I was like, is there anything like that down here? There isn't, but there is player ready. And I thought, cool, that's VR. They say you can hire out a little booth and uh, do some VR experiences. It's about 20 quid for an hour. And I thought, pricey, but mm. I want to try it out in something that isn't two dudes farting at me. Uh, well worth it, in my opinion. So I hopped on down. Uh, it's, I, I pictured them hiring out their own building. Not true. They'd hired out a small corner of a fucking roller disco place in Redruth. Wow. Yeah. That's that's wild, right? I know. So I walked in and a whole bunch of kids run past me. I thought, well, this is going to be interesting, okay. I can tell. And I said, uh, I'm looking for the VR. And um, she said, oh, yes, yeah, upstairs. I said, oh, great. 
I walked into the place. Better than saying, oh, it's downstairs. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, it's downstairs behind a few corridors. Uh, ask for Jeff. Um, I walked three in, times, he'll know what to do. And unfortunately, I think this had a negative impact on my overall experience, but there was a huge kid party happening. Oh. And uh, Carly Rae Jepsen was blasting out fucking deafening pitch. You know it. Uh, yeah. So I wandered up and um, I walked in. Um, and the only other person there is a bored-looking teenager who's running the place. Oh, no. And one little kid who's standing on these play mats hooked up to the VR, and there's a TV in front of him so you can see what he's seeing. He's playing super hot. He is fucking going ape shit. <laughs> he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but he's enjoying it. Yeah. Like, his arms are flaying everywhere. Every so often he bumps into a fucking balcony rail, and I'm thinking, holy shit, this kid's going to dome himself <laughs> playing super hot VR, and the whole place is going to be shut down. Um... <laughs> Luckily, that didn't happen. He didn't dome himself. Um, and I said, all right, mate, I've booked an hour. He said, oh, yeah, okay, come over here, come over here. And um, hooked me up, and I played super hot VR. And that was fucking amazing. Mm. Honestly, I, have you guys ever tried it? Yeah, I've seen people play it. Yeah. yeah I played super hot, but not VR, just regular super hot. I played the original game uh, when it came out a few years yeah. ago. And it's like that was a demo for what super hot VR actually is the full game yeah it's absolutely amazing it's stunning you're playing it and the mechanics make much more sense when you're immersed into it and you're doing everything uh, um, if you're not familiar um time yeah. moves when you move exactly so instead of you just pressing a little button and then everything happens when i physically move things happen and they're shooting at you and i'm doing matrix dodges yeah i had to bend backwards <laughs> like in the matrix in order to avoid someone shooting at me and um, there's like only a small demo that they had because for some reason Player Ready in Red Ruth in the year of our Lord 2019, uh, despite being a full-on VR experience place and charging me 20 quid for an hour, didn't decide to pay for the full game. It was just the demo. What the hell? I know. <laughs> bastards. Uh, and rough. at the end of that demo, you have to put the gun to your head and shoot yourself. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And that was, the, uh, that was the experience. I ended up playing a few other games at Player Ready. Uh, I played the Batman VR game, which yeah. was recommended to me. Yeah. That was okay. Uh, mostly, and I've seen this echoed by other people who have had similar VR experiences, um, your first desire when you get into any VR game is to fuck about and break it. Um, seriously, you get in there and you think, um, what are the limits that I can push this <laughs> VR system to? And so I started picking things up and throwing things at Alfred. <laughs> um, and he did not react. So I was like, okay, well, it's not that complex. Clearly, you know, right. he's not going to get all pissed at me. Um, it was okay. And then I played another game called, uh, I can't remember what it was, Way Out West or something. It was a zombie shooting game and that was fucking boring. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, in conclusion, player ready. Uh, it was all right. Um, could have done without the Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> uh, I'd give it a solid four out of ten. <laughs> hey. Tiny children have a rune. Oh, yeah. He fucking loved it. He didn't know which way was up. <laughs> uh, thank God for that railing. <laughs> Lewis, what's your experience with the VR? Because uh, you've tested them before. I mean, I, I've tested. Test? I've I've played plenty of VR on the on the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation VR kit, which uh, I'm quite fine with. That wasn't my first experience. The first time oh, really? I used uh, VR was uh, a friend's house, and we, we it was me and a bunch of guys uh, from my work, and I was quite new at the time. But they invited me around because this guy had just got his hands on his own personal Oculus Rift, and he got his computer. And he'd, he he'd been gagging to show it off to some people and and he hooked it up and like he had this game called onwards or i think it was that which is like um 
it's a modern first person shooter, you know, set in like a Middle Eastern country and your special forces. Um, but you know, you, you want to reload your gun. You have to physically take the magazine out. You've mm. got to reach down and you'll have, you know, your ammo on your belt and you've got to pick it up and put it in. And again, that was all right. He said I, I handled it pretty well, but like it's, um, I, I don't know if you can imagine, because obviously you've got this, these cables coming out the back of your head, basically. Yeah. So Yeah, that was another problem I encountered, is the cable is very cumbersome. Um, and when you can't see it, uh, there were a few times where I very nearly tripped over myself playing Super Hot VR because the cable just got tangled around my legs. I, I got to a point playing onwards where I just didn't bother turning around. It wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if I could, I would stand very still and treat the whole experience like a shooting gallery. You know, I mean, you can, you can lie down and, you know, obviously whatever you're doing, your, your, your character's basically doing, Mm. but, um, you know, moving, you, you, you've got these two little, um, remotes with the Oculus and you, you have like a little touch pad. So holding it down, um, in one direction, you know, makes your character sprint basically. Okay. Um, or you can move it forward slowly and you'll kind of creep or whatever. Right. Um, but quite often you'll find yourself wanting to take a step, you know, to the right or lean around a corner or, or but you still have to physically turn and it and it's quite an ordeal, I found. Mm. Like there was a bit where I'd come into I'd gone around a corner and that was enough. Like I just fucking Yeah. Again, I, I didn't feel any motion sickness at all. I've got to be honest, I've never had that problem. What I do have a problem is is if the, the mask fogs up. Oh really? Yeah, like, I don't know if you've ever been paintballing. Oh, uh, yeah. And the exact same thing. I don't oh. know if I'm just a fucking mouth breather. And, <laughs> and, but it was just, it was it was terrible because then all of a sudden, you know, you start adjusting the thing. And I don't really, I never felt properly immersed or whatever, but, uh, you know, it doesn't help when you've got to take the, the helmet off and yeah, it and down. Like, wipe yeah. it off. And you're, you're constantly trying to be aware of, of two realities at once is how I found it. That's it. You're very conscious of the other world around you. I have a point to make about um, a word you used there about immersion. And I feel like what people are wanting VR and VR experiences to be is the next step of quote-unquote immersion. Um, and immersion is something that is quite fascinating when it comes to video games because how immersed can you be in something where you are controlling an avatar, a different character, or anything like that? It's it's a case of immersion is supposed to be something that one is doing, you know, rather than through another experience. So there are some who argue that no one can ever be immersed in a video game. But I would disagree that immersion isn't that as it's like, you know, definitive definition. Immersion in video gaming is when you are having so much fun that it is kind of all that you are experiencing. Yeah. Whoever says that you can't be properly immersed in a video game is a fucking idiot. Yeah, no, okay. I agree. I and agree, I'll tell you but... why. You know, you play a game of Smash Brothers and you fall off. You don't say, oh no, Bowser died. Yeah. You, you say, say oh, I shit, died. I died. I, exactly. You yeah. Know? Obviously, you don't physically put yourself onto the screen necessarily. No, you but aren't... you are controlling that, that avatar in that yeah. moment. I think uh, VR is the closest medium we've had that comes to true immersion. Yeah. I think there are a number of barriers in its way. Uh, the first being the controls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't find, uh, I don't know if it was the Vive or the Rift that had the ones with the touch 
and uh, all that stuff. Well, it might be the vibe, yeah. So. I didn't. I don't know if it was just because I was new to it, but I did not find it very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's a mechanic in Super Hot VR where to throw something, you have to flick up on the touch controller. That doesn't oh. feel very. No, as you physically throw it, you have to touch up, and okay, every that... time. I mean, in order to grip it, I have to like grip it, but then I have to mo- adjust my grip slightly in order to flick the touch screen. Right. Didn't feel great. Uh, yeah, that that could just be a limitation of, I feel, VR in its early infancy. I mean, if you think about early consoles, especially when we got to 3D, how fucked up the controllers were. Oh, absolutely. I feel that's an issue that can easily be overcome. Mm. Uh, and, I and mean, dude, you could do that, you know, if you just have a button to held down to hold something. That's what I assumed they would do. That's what And then I let was, it go to... Yeah. Like know. Wii Bowling. Like Wii Bowling, yeah. Um, I assumed that's how it would be. I don't know whose idea it was to do this flicking thing and whether it's an option you can turn on or off, but I don't know. Another one, personal side note, felt very fucking self-conscious doing it. No, of course, you would. And I don't know if that's just the experience of doing it in such a public space. Play yeah. Ready was a commercial business and it was inside a fucking 10-year-old birthday party. <laughs> so couldn't really get into my groove. <laughs> If I was at home doing it, maybe I'd get more fucking into the flow. But of course, I, I see that you know you just having funny VR moments on YouTube. You guaranteed there's gonna be some person who's at like a public event and they'll they'll be filming them and they'll be playing some kind of VR horror game, and then they'll you know shriek and then physically run into a wall and, and <laughs> fucking deck themselves, you know, or fall off the little stage that they've got or something. Yeah, because they, they've completely forgotten. Yeah, yeah everything that's going on. They may be where they're playing a game, but they, you know, physical space means nothing to them. I can't see myself really doing that because I want to be too worried about breaking my thousand mm. pound equipment. But, you know, again, you know, you just, you've got this great big fucking thing on your head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're dragging all this stuff behind you. Another thing is, uh, I don't, again, I don't know if this, this was just because they had to one size fits all for the fact that multiple people were using it per hour. But it was not very tight and comfy. And, it, mm. like, I was very aware that I was looking at two separate little TV screens. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some light bled in Ooh. from the outside. Right. And um, also just the, I forget the technical names for it, but, like, your spacing between your eyes is important to how well it works for you. Oh, uh, stereoscopic imaging? Yes. Yeah. And um, there are stuff you can tweak if you had your own and you were setting it up at home. But stuff like that was a bit off and weird. Mm. Um, all problems, which I think VR being in its infancy again, uh, is now overcoming. So we've spoken a little bit about VR. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about AR. So augmented reality, the biggest, the biggest gosh darn player is Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is AR because what AR is, is that it is... Um, putting a digital object in a physical space. On the 3DS, there was like a thing called Face Raiders. Yeah. It was built into the 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me like a weird stare, Daniel. Do you oh, not... I never had a 3DS, man. You like... did, didn't you? Oh, shit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Bought... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how much of a fucking impact the 3DS had on me. I remember you buying uh, one. I bought one and played Smash 4. Yeah. And I played the Pokemon game. Yeah. And then I sold it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But... I fucking played Face Raiders all day, every day. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Really? I played it once in a HMV when they were like displaying they had like a display of video games back in the day at HMV well, Face Raiders is just Game Boy Camera but with a game exactly uh, but that that was AR and I was like wow this is crazy and uh, the other thing was with the 3DS that uh, if you bought it brand new in box it came with a set of five AR cards yes do you remember this yeah we you, you can still catch them every now and again you know like at the bottom of people's boxes and stuff yeah yeah 
It's they're they're really odd things in which you could and I remember doing it. You could um make a me like of yourself and then you know hold the little card a horizontal angle and then with your three DS cameras look at that little card and a little tiny little you as a Nintendo me would come out and it would stand on the little card and you could put that anywhere in the room and no matter where you are there you would stand. And it was a cute little thing, and I don't know what the other cards were for. It was there was one card for that, and I, there were other I, cards I for other tell stuff. You. I was just playing Face Raiders, but yeah, you, you reminded me because you get actual card games that that have little QR codes on them. So you 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 know you play Magic the Gathering or what the fuck ever, but but you hold your your phone up with the little game app, and then the actual monsters on the cards will will be all laid out on top of the cards. Oh, man, like Yu-Gi-Oh. Like Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, man. God, do you know how much I would pay for Yu-Gi-Oh to be like For actual duel monsters. Oh, to play a children's card game. I but... would pay so much goddamn money for that. <laughs> I genuinely would. If, if, if all of my experience of VR was just to put on a headset and to, you know, be at a podium... With the fucking the dueling cards. Disc. Yeah, the, the dueling thing With on my left arm. With your grandfather's deck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and going through, battling Seto Kaiba, laying down these cards, and I don't have to move. That's the cool thing about VR, is that the games are kind of better when you don't have to well, the, move The best much. ones where you sit still. Where you yeah. sit still, exactly. So I'm imagining like a dual monsters kind of Yu-Gi-Oh thing where you, all you have to do is like play down these cards and you're seeing them like in real life come to life. And you're like fucking attack their monster which is in face down defense position yeah holy fuck and then watch get rid him of do it. it and watch him do it i would pay good money i'm talking like three digits bandai namco get on that it's know. konami isn't it konami but <laughs> oh. yeah it's the one thing konami still has oh man all right but whomst ever it be you know, imagine you know i'd buy virtual Yu-Gi-Oh decks oh i fucking would i would i don't yeah. even know how to play the game but i just you know to see that happen, I would yeah. love that. Imagine um, big old Arthur's reality. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love the absolute fuck out of that. Um, but AR is like really, really interesting. I mean, Pokemon Go was like really, really cool seeing like a Pikachu appear in your living room and stuff. But the biggest thing about it was that it drained your battery like nobody's business. Mm. As soon as you put the it. The biggest into thing camera. about it, Josh, was that it was shit. Oh. Uh, let's be honest here. I mean, I'm all for the community stuff and it brought people together for those two glorious weeks uh, a few summers ago. But the game is trash. Hot trash. And I'm disappointed in you as a friend that you're still playing it. Uh, no, I'm not. So I so jaded. jaded. I love it. Yeah. No, I don't play it anymore. Yeah, but, but I miss it. played it for years yeah, after and people stopped. If I had a better phone, I'd still be playing it. Honestly, because I, I like that game. I think Why it's wait? Fun. You can basically play it on the Nintendo Switch. You got, I know. Let's go. I yeah. can't afford it. You have to pay for that one. Yeah, it's true. You need the little ball thing. Too. Yeah, I'm not using that. I'm not doing that. Um, but the thing about augmented reality is that you can't interact with it. It is, it is as we've kind of described it, is that in that you can see these tiny little figures or whatever... And they're in the real world, like, through a camera, and you're like, whoa, but that's it. Mm. You can't interact with it, like, beyond that. You can interact it with it, like, digitally, in that you can throw a ball at that, like, Pikachu that's in your room. But you can't, like, go over and poke it with your finger, it's not going to move. And then moving on from there, that's where mixed reality comes in. Now, mixed reality is things like the Google Glass, in which you can... Uh, is that still a thing? Like, not anymore. 
not anymore, but it was a main contender in the game in which you could, uh, for example, the main thing that I've seen is that you can get your emails up and it is like physically in front of you about like a foot away from your eyes and you can, with your finger, slide it through the air and interact with it in kind of real time and with real world responses. So that's the difference between augmented reality and mixed reality is that there is that kind of physical interaction with something that is placed in the real world, something digital that is placed in the real world. And I think there, that's where video games can go. You want to see a mixed reality game? I would like to see one. I'm not sure if there are any. There are a couple things that have been trying to get to that point. I know that there are the games where you like outrun zombies and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not really sure if that... Yeah, I suppose... Outrun? Yeah. Do you mean like Temple Run? Like what? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Um, I, I was just saying, I suppose the genre of games that is leading the charge into those sort of mixed reality stuff is narrative-based experiences because there's a very popular sort of sub-genre of games on the App Store and they're um, exercise games. Specifically, yeah. there's a lot of ones about jogging and they're games in that every time you run, you put on like a little audio play podcast thing and it tells you about a little group of... This one in particular tells you about a little group of survivors in a zombie apocalypse. And you're running around and you're listening to this little narrative audio play and every once in a while it says, and now there's a horde of zombies on you. Run, 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 run. You have to run, <laughs> go, get out of here. Oh, it's okay, you can stop. And oh, the audio drama goes on. And also, in this one in particular that I remember reading about... Um, it randomly generates uh, loot for you to pick up. So the idea is that when you are out running, you are out looking for supplies. <laughs> and so every once in a while you run by something. It's not based on your location, although it could be uh, similar to Pokemon Go, but it randomly generates, oh, you picked up this group of water supplies. And so when you get back, after you finish running, um, you have like a little base building, like really popular, you know, that sort of base building genre really popular on the yeah. iOS games. It's sort of that sort of thing where you build up your camp of survivors. can't remember what this game's called, but it's quite interesting in that it is blending those two things. I think your performance when out jogging impacts how well you do in your supplies in for game. your camp. It's kind of like a role play, kind of. Yeah, sort of. It is interesting. Um, that's the only sort of like closest thing I can think of to sort of that sort of blending of those two styles, you know? Yeah, something that came up, um, I'm not sure if either of you pay attention to Elon Musk's Twitter feed, because it's in the news. Oh, God, no. I have a lot. Yeah, um, there was one point where he, in in the Teslas, kind of uh, in the dashboard, just kind of uh, between the, the seats, is a large screen, a large vertical screen, larger than an iPad. It's, it's pretty damn big, um, and it's all touchscreen. And they've been talking about developing apps and games for it. In your car. In your car that you can drive and play. So Not at the same time. I'm not sure. I don't know. It might be for the passenger, for example, to be playing mm. while the driver is driving. But I'm not sure what you could integrate. <laughs> I but cannot like a... begin to describe how bad of an idea that sounds yeah. on paper. But yeah. please continue. No, that's pretty much it. That's um, it! <laughs> That's pretty Not much even it. elaborate, but here's the cool part. No, the, was... the more it generates fuel, the more games you play. <laughs> no, the 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 thing was like Elon Musk was like, I want to make Pokemon Go, but for cars. <laughs> you could do that anyway. You'd just be like, oh, there's a red one there. <laughs> That's three red ones I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> you have to gamify it. You know, I, I think Elon Musk is a prick. 
<laughs> so I don't want to take anything he says uh, too literally or too much to heart. <laughs> no, but kind of from there, it was a video, it was completely debunked, uh, especially like after like about 12 seconds in, there's... There's a guy who owns... He's a really, really nerdy guy. He's, like, sat in a, a Porsche 911. And it's got a um, uh, a screen inbuilt to it. Mm. And he was like, here's how to run Doom on a Porsche 911. Really? Yeah. So he's like, first of all, you plug in a regular USB stick with a, a bootable operating system on it into the USB port. Mm-hmm. And then it will boot just the standard uh, Windows sort of thing. And then in the CD player, you insert your Doom disc already. This is where, like, you're like, okay, not really sure. And then, like, Doom comes up. And he's like, because there's no input, the main thing you have to do is you have to steer left to turn (laughs) left, steer right to turn right, and to shoot, you have to honk the horn. And there's a very, very convincing video of him, like, doing it afterwards. It got debunked. I Mm. mean, it... You can kind of tell that it's a joke. There's one point where he's got a toaster next to him. He's like just moving it to the side, which is, you know, an in-joke about how Doom can play on everything, including some smart toasters. But it got me thinking about like, what the hell could you do while driving that you could integrate a game into it? Or is the better answer, don't? Mm. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I mean, don't I? I I prefer people to be driving when driving. You know. Yeah. It, you know, even with like you know automated cars or whatever, which we're supposed to be having. Oh soon-ish, yeah. You know, uh, they're already a thing. There is. There are already driverless cars. Yeah, I'd still prefer people to be behind the wheel. Like, yeah. In those oh, situations. No. Driverless cars is the thing I'm most excited for in tech. I know. agree. I agree completely. Being someone who has already been in two car crashes, mm. humans are fallible. Humans are awful. And I can't wait until a computer can just drive me everywhere. Oh, I don't mean like people should be driving driverless cars. I just mean they should be in the driver's seat in case okay. that shit goes down. Like, yeah. No, no, fuck it. You know, it's like level crossings. Like, I don't want a person in that box. I don't yeah. trust them. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd like to have the ability to swap between. Yeah, I, I'd want okay. to know that, you know, when it loses connection to Google. Yeah. You know. When, you, when you're driving through Redruth. Yeah, exactly. Because that's <laughs> going to happen, you know. <laughs> you want to be able to floor it and break some of the limits. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I found the, the web article and it says, yeah, there was a version 9 update for the Tesla, but Tesla released an Easter egg called the Tesla Tari, which had an emulation of the 1979 games, which were controlled either through the steering wheel or through the vehicle's center touch screens. So you could actually control parts of it with the Tesla. It says that there are there are four titles, Missile Command, Asteroids, Lunar Lander, and Centipede, and that Elon said that I'm oh, sorry, there's there's more into the article. He says that this is just the beginning, basically. He wants to do more and, and quote, gamify the Tesla experience. So it is something that's happening, and mm. I don't think it's a good idea. No, I mean no. I I don't Okay, maybe we, we, you know, we've not opened our minds up to the to the concept of you know gamifying your driving experience. But normally, a driving experience has been going in the direction of it being you know comfy and safe mm. and efficient, fuel efficient, yeah, and eco friendly and that kind of thing. Not an opportunity to play <laughs> old ass video games. Yeah, uh, when I'm driving, I want to mainly focus on the road and not killing people. Mm. Uh, I don't want to focus on trying not to kill Frogger as he, as he <laughs> yes, crosses the road. You know, straight up. Ah man, 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, other things which could be not, not kind of gamified, but more like things that could include games like within them, such as smartwatches. I know, Daniel, you owned a smartwatch for a little while. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> it was the uh, worst purchase I've ever made to date. Really? Yeah. Because I remember having some a, a very good time. The best times with your smartwatch, I think, were when other people were using it. When other people were making fun of me, you may. Uh, I remember a very funny moment where uh, we were in Weatherspoons. Someone didn't know who Ainsley Harriet was. That's it. Yeah, and I, I said, okay, Google, look up Ainsley Harriet. Yeah. Oh, sorry, your phone's just activated because yeah, I said that. Sorry. Yeah, add more Ainsley Harriet searches to my <laughs> search history. And instead of searching, I'm not done, instead of searching on, you know, uh, Wikipedia a Wikipedia results. article or, you know, text-based stuff, it just showed a big picture of his face. <laughs> So what you essentially had was on my wrist a small circle display filled entirely with Ainsley Harriet's beautiful face. (laughs) It was the best thing ever. And uh, Josh, once you found this out, you did it uh, quite frequently. I did it until it did. I did it until there was a software update where it stopped happening. Yeah, they did a software update where they uh, started bringing up Wikipedia articles instead. It was the worst. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. You 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 bought. A smartwatch. Uh, can, can you just explain to me your, your thought process when you when you went to, to buy one? What did you think you were going to get out of it? Like, uh, I saw that and thought, fuck me, it's the future. I've got to get on that shit. Yeah. Um, what, what was futuristic about it? Uh, dude, it's a fucking computer on your wrist, man. That's pretty cool. I mean, like, just as... I mean, like, so what did it do? I mean, admittedly, it was shit in hindsight, <laughs> but just as a concept, that's got to be cool, right? But it's not... You, you, like, I've, I've never, I never understood the smartwatch. I really haven't, right? Because you've got a fucking phone, and it does everything, <laughs> the watch does, but better, and it's bigger, and it fits in your pocket. The only thing the watch... You know, I, I've, I've, sorry, I'm going to... I'm just... I've, I've never understood. My mum got um, an, an iWatch 4. Oh, an Apple Watch? Yeah, Apple Watch 4. Oh, for, no. Uh, uh, this Christmas, she got the, the brand new one, and it was in uh, gold. You know, she's got a fucking Amiga. There's already, like, a proper watch, right? Right. And she uses it till the fucking time, mm-hmm. right? She's got this iWatch, and it's like, oh, so, okay, well, why did you... Yeah, I wasn't critical. I was just, oh, so, you know, why did you get it? And she's like, well, you know, it tells me when I get emails or texts. Yeah. You know, and I can I can kind of read the, the footnotes or the recipients. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I don't mean to be picky, but your phone kind of already yeah. does that. And, yeah. And, like, much better. It is mere centimetres away yeah. in your pocket. It... It really... Yes. Admittedly, <laughs> yes. But the thing I found it really excelled at was pinging you on small things that you wouldn't necessarily want to check your phone for or remember to. Okay. Like, it would ping me uh, and tell me it was going to rain in half an hour. That was pretty cool. It would ping me with all my calendar updates. So uh, it would ping me and say, oh, you've got, you know, this appointment. Coming. And I found that quite cool. And uh, that's about it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I bought one. I thought it was going to be the future of, like, tech. But uh, admittedly, it didn't really work out that way. Being... Uh, did, however, that was the first generation. Yeah, you did I, get a first generation one. The first generation, it was a Motorola one. I didn't get any of the, uh, small, uh, the Apple ones. Um, and it was, I bought that one because it was round and I thought that was fucking dope. Uh, <laughs> it was actually huge. It was like having a rock on my wrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I stopped using it because I banged it too many times uh, on like door handles and shit. Yeah, no, they can't come. If only it was in your pocket. <laughs> hey, this fucking guy. Uh, to, add, to add to this, I would like to say that I recently purchased a smartwatch. Really? <laughs> yes. What so did you get? A couple of days ago, I bought the, it's not actually out yet. 
Uh, we had, we do discussed we want this. To, uh, do we want to tell this anecdote? Uh, yeah, no, go on. Uh, so you were at a gig a few weeks ago. I did, yes. In Falmouth. It was uh, my EP which, launch party. Which I attended. Yeah. And uh, every half an hour or so, you would ask me what the time is. That's, yeah. And, and the I, first few times, I happily obliged. I so I thought, you know what, he's a busy man. Uh, no, I'd like to add in, my phone was playing the music at this point. It was mm-hmm. doing the background music, sure. so I wasn't able to check it. I thought he was a busy man. He's a musician. He's pr- his head is probably filled with, you know, lyrics and chords and he he doesn't have time to look up the the time. I had so, to make sure everyone was playing at the right time and for the right amount of time. Cause... So I'll be a good friend and do it for him. But eventually, <laughs> five times into this, I said, Josh, why don't you get a fucking watch, you absolute cretin? And your response to me was, oh, Daniel, I would, but the watch I want is being released in three months' time. <laughs> and I said, Josh, that is the most Josh Marks thing you've ever fucking said to me in your entire life. That is so classic, Josh. <laughs> okay, so this this watch. Yeah, it's called the Soundbrenner Core. <laughs> okay. And it's designed for musicians, so it is. It has a four-in-one capability, and it's not like most smartwatches. It doesn't have like any additional apps or anything like that. It's it's kind of like third party. It doesn't run on Android. Or anything I'm not like, like those other mind. smartwatches. <laughs> so it's like a music accessory. It's a music accessory for the most part. So the main its main feature is that it vibrates a um, to the BPM of the song that you're playing. So for me, it's kind of perfect because I play to backing tracks. So those backing tracks are synced to a BPM. You know, like a metronome. That metronome will pulsate on my wrist so that as I'm playing. I will be perfectly in time and you can sync it up to other people who also have the watch. So the whole band in theory could all be playing to the same BPM and then you don't have to be listening out or am I playing in time with the drummer? You will know what beats you're playing at because it's all vibrating on your wrist. The second function it is, is it functions as a tuner, is a magnetic tuner. So you like, you pull it off and you can attach it to the headstock via a magnet of whatever instrument you're playing that has a headstock. So bass guitar, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, viola, violin, anything with a headstock, basically. The third thing it does is it's a decibel meter, and this is the main thing that I want it for, because I find that a lot of times when I'm sound engineering or I'm in very, very loud spaces, my ears are my job, so I need to know whether it will, like, say, this is a too loud an environment for you to be in, wear earplugs. So, for, for example, if I'm, like, at the train station, and, like, that's a very, very loud environment. But I wouldn't necessarily think to put earplugs in, but you should because that could damage your hearing for you know being around loud sounds for too long a time. Uh, and the fourth thing that it does is it tells the time. All right, all right. <laughs> oh yeah, my Swat watch it also told the time. <laughs> I find myself in situations where I feel like I would need it. You've actually got a need for that. Yeah, yeah, I actually have a need for it. Whereas other people, I feel, have been buying smartwatches and getting them because, like you said, Daniel, they're cool. I've never seen uh, the point of them. I never thought it was a particularly futuristic thing. No. You say, oh, you know, it's like a computer on your on your wrist. I'd be more impressed if it was a, a swap out for your phone. Most of them need to be connected to some kind of app. Like they a do. Bit, like, like a step counter or something, you know. They kind of, you know, all your computing power's done on, on your, your kit that's... Uh, that you've already got. You know, I, I can't think of any, like, sci-fi thing where they typically have, like, a... Am I being stupid? Can I... Is it, like, sci-fi where they all do stuff off of wristwatches? Spy Kids 2. Yeah. <laughs> Spy Kids 2. Yeah, um, there's the machete watch where it does absolutely everything and then there's, like, 
cool, can it tell the time? And he's like, actually, I fit so much stuff into it that I forgot to put in the time. He's like, what good is a watch that doesn't tell the time? I do remember that now. Quite right. <laughs> Ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> but you could gamify those kinds of experiences. What I've always thought is that the, the cool thing about smartwatches is that they are attached to your wrist. Your wrist is kind of like a movable sort of thing, you know, it's at the end of your arm. So sort of similar to what the Kinect is able to do, you should be able to like kind of move it in the 3D space and like kind of connect it to other video games, I'm feeling. Or like if you wear it like on your actual wrist, like um, not the overside, but the underside, you can kind of play like a Spider-Man sort of thing. And it could like feel like as you're moving your hand. Or, hear me out on this, a dual disc. A dual disc? Yeah. Oh, like... Yeah, from Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, the little... Oh, oh, with that, yeah, Yeah. that would be cool. (laughs) I was thinking, like, the the kind of, um, the ricochet sort of things from Tron. (laughs) Oh, like a a dual... Yeah, the dueling discs where they throw that. I don't know, I'm not really a massive nerd like you two. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what I wanted to move on to, the uh, kind of VR experiences that we would like to see, not only VR, but, like wearables as an accessory for the growth of video gaming and video gaming as it's moving on to these kind of different accessories as it is growing and as we are seeing it shape and adapt and kind of fumble over itself in its kind of adorable way where it's like you know watching a child grow it's the new kid on the block it's the new kid on the block and it's not doing very well currently but what would you like to see how would you like to see it grow before we go into Sorry, uh, to railroad you. No, go on, go on. Fuck. No, go on. I find it's interesting that um, you think uh, accessories, we're sort of de- go- going further into the, uh, the accessory era, because I think really the accessory era is dead. Oh, really? I think the no, accessory era peaked in the Wii. Sorry to go back to the Wii, when it had a million fucking attachments. Ah, uh, yes. Like, I remember when I had a Wii, I had about 50 pieces of plastic. It was a, yeah. it was a, it was a wheel. It was, you know, it was a, a tennis uh, a racket. Gun. It was a gun, yeah. you know? And I feel like oh, well, those are probably not the accessories, quote-unquote, you had in mind. No, I'm thinking like electronic accessories and things uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, even with that, I feel like with the massive failure of the Kinect, I, I feel like uh, add-ons to existing consoles are sort of going the way of the dodo. Um, no, I think you're right, to be honest. In, in a definitional sense, I feel like VR will spawn off into its own console-centric and be considered its own separate thing. Mm. The only sort of mixing of the two is the PlayStation VR, you know, yeah. which is a whole different thing in and of itself. Um, but even that has been a, a mixed success from what I hear, um, in that uh, it is limited by its sort of like being tethered to the PS4. You know, right, yeah. And uh, them rehashing the PlayStation Move controllers. PlayStation Move, side note, haven't even talked about it. But oh, yeah. Do you remember it? I've never played it. Yeah, it was those weird stick things with a huge with the... glowing ball on the end. Yeah, a rubber ball they on the end. They sucked. No one bought them. And so then when they brought out the PlayStation VR, they said, fuck, we need a console. And some bright spark somewhere up the chain thought, well, we've got fucking warehouses full of these PS Move <laughs> shit controllers. We'll just stick that on. Uh, and that would be great. And they've been using that ever since. Yeah. I'll tell you, it works like a dream. I prefer the fucking PS4 VR to the most of the equipment I've used before. And I think one of the reasons for that is it's been designed 
to be marketed to as many people as possible, which sounds kind of ass backwards, but mm. it it's functionally works. The, the games, most of the games that are made for it are pretty big creators, you know? Resident Evil Resident 7. Evil. I've been playing Ace one. Combat recently, which has got a VR mode. I really mm. want to play that because I've played the game normally mm. and like, I'll be fucking, I'm already tilting my head, you know, as, as, the, as the fucking plane's tilting or whatever. And so the idea of you, you put the helmet on, then you're in the cockpit and you have to look around and... That's cool. Good stuff, you know. We already know that... God, that sounds motion sickness inducing. <laughs> sure. I've, My I... stomach is churning thinking about that. I have no doubt that it's pretty rough, you know, sort of going upside down yeah. and shit in that. But that's where it would excel. And it, and it's it's a home console VR kit. It's not something, you know, you don't need to have your computer and you don't have to be a fucking Oculus wizard to set all that shit up. <laughs> yeah, th- that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. In, in that I think accessories are sort of like dying, if not dead. And as sort of like a definitional pedantic point, I consider VR as its own separate spin-off to gaming and not so much an accessory. But why, uh, why do you think uh, accessories are more of the future? It's not that I think that they're the future. It's that it's what I would like to see. Oh, right. In that I think that we what we spoke about was that the um the controllers as you are kind of wearing the VR headset which like encompasses your entire head you can't really see your hands so much um but as you kind of move the controllers you can kind of see your hands as they work like that mm. but your hands aren't your actual physical hands as you know and see them in the real world so i propose a sort of like power glove accessory hey. where in which you can kind of move your entire hand. I don't know why this hasn't already been done because if you just have something on your head and your hands that encompasses your entire hands, that's pretty much it, is it not? Mm-hmm. And then from there, with most games, your hands have to be holding like a sort of physical object. But what if we play games that sort of bypass something physical and this is where like uh, uh, child of eden child of eden where you don't actually have to do anything physical or hold anything physical it's just your movements kind of control the game so i was thinking what would work well with your hands which is just based on physical movements and i was thinking about uh avatar the last airbender in which you can kind of move your hands and that's kind of all about like your movements Mm. in which you can kind of control the elements Say, like, you spin your hand, you do air attacks, you do the kind of, like, Tai Chi sort of motions, you do water attacks and things like that. From a first-person perspective, that's the game I want to see. Dick, dude, that's good. Yeah, right? I like that. <laughs> and that can only be achieved with an accessory-type thing like you suggested. No. I think that there are other ways in which you could achieve that, but I think it would be the next logical step. I think if you were doing it with physical controls like you were saying sometimes Mm. they're not mapped very well Mm. sometimes they don't respond in the way that you would want them to i think something that encompasses your entire hands like a glove does it would be far more accessible in that sense it's not accessible in that not everyone has hands you know not not (laughs) everyone is able to do it in the exact same way however it would also be the most accessible in that there is no controller to go back to the old slogan, you are the controller. Um, but it would be kind of so easy to do. So, so easy to do. Like anyone, it's sort of the same way in the, the accessibility of the Wii, for example, mm. is that it's even easier than just having a controller and moving it. You don't even have to have a controller. It's intuitive. It's so intuitive. You just have to put gloves on, put something on your head and you're in. We're in. <laughs> so that's what I think and that's what I hope. Is it the 
Uh, is it the only way to achieve that? No. I think there are things like the Google Glass and alternate like AR things mm. where it could be done in a real world setting. However, I think that is a recipe for schizophrenia. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think that people will get far too confused with real life and the alternate reality and not be able to kind of differentiate between the two. And I think, like I said, that's kind of a recipe for you're not going to have a good time. And it's kind of, you know, that moment where like you wake up from a dream and you're not quite sure which reality is real. I hate that feeling kind of more than anything. Mm. And it's something I have to like experience on a daily basis, but having to experience that more times per day, sign me out. <laughs> like I do not want to experience that, but I think the, the kind of the motion of putting on something and like seeing different screens is a really good way to kind of make sure that you are differentiating yourself from the virtual experience rather than the mixed experience. Okay. And I think they're two very separate things and we should keep it that way. Mm. Interesting. What do you guys think? Well, my dream um, future virtual reality. Yeah, you've is... spoken to me about this before. I... I'm so excited. I'm for, I want I want the fucking Nerve Gear from like oh, what's that anime which is stupid and everyone dies. Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online, right? I mean, terrible example of a game, but I mean, I want the Nerve Gear. I want I want to lie down in bed, put on that helmet, and, and I want to be asleep in the real world, but like playing a video game and. You know, it's using my my brain basically. You want to be plugged into the Matrix. I want to be plugged into the Matrix. Mm. That's that's a much better example. Thank <laughs> you. I want to be in the fucking Matrix uh, because you know you're. It's like you know in in a dream. You know, you, it's an artificial reality if you want to call it that. You know, you're still in control of your your actions to an extent in a dream. Mm. You're running around. You're you doing activities. Stuff feels real. You know, you actually you know you can feel heat and 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 smell stuff and and have responses to stimuli that you just can't achieve in, in virtual reality. But you're perfectly safe. You can exit out and take that helmet off uh, and you'll be fine. Or the power cuts out and it turns off and you wake ah, up. You so if, if you die in the game, you don't die for real. You don't die for real. Oh, as boo, much as that would be great. But that would have brought me on into Spy Kids 3, but... So that's my thing. <laughs> and, like, you know, one of the issues I see with, with a lot of virtual reality stuff at the moment is just, like, the hardware limitations in, in terms... You know, if you have... A lot of VR games are quite sort of simplified graphics, typically. Yeah. And that's fine. I have no problem with, with low-end graphics, especially if it's a new bit of kit and you're working with new technology. That's not a problem. But, you know, in a perfect world, one of the ways you could get around that is seeing as to have this technology work so that you're having cognitive brain function and that's affecting your in-game character you'd probably have to map the human brain already so why not make the human brain part of the computing process put it this way in real life your brain is making millions of calculations all the time and yeah that's hard so it makes shortcuts all the time yeah i've got a little poster up there which is like a um it's, it's like a series of black and white lines and it's like an optical illusion. And the reason the optical illusions work is that your brain is being tricked because it's not smart and your eyes are just making the, the quickest, simplest calculation. Well, yes. your eyes aren't doing it. Your brain is based yeah. on what the eyes are seeing. Um, it's like neural routing or neural networking. Yeah, exactly. In a virtual world, if there's a bunch of humans and you know they're, they're not seeing... If they're all looking away from something, that thing... Might as well not exist. Not exist, yeah. It's like object permeance in that sense. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Your your human brain 
could be part of that kind of makeup. So, you know, and, and that would make things like, you know, creating art assets and, you know, how you interact with stuff in a realistic manner. The game could use your brain knowledge to help make that authentic. You know, uh, water is quite a hard thing to animate in games, right? Oh, so you just do like a quick sh kind of shortcut to this is what you will perceive water as. Exactly, because most people know what it's like to put their hand in a glass or in a bottle of water or, or something. Yeah. You know, how, or, you know, when you've been to the beach, I don't know. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah, every day yeah. I put my hand yeah, in a glass. Yeah, in a bottle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put, you, people, you know, you have a bath or... You, you do know, the dishes. You, you, go, you do the dishes, you go to the beach, whatever. You know what... You know how it feels. Yeah, you know what water should be like. You know how it and, is. Um, yeah, and maybe, you know, you're a game animator and you're like, I can't fucking... Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I can't create a billion water particles. Uh, but your brain can. Yeah. Your brain knows what that's like, so it could just create that in your head. Mm. That's my image for it. That's obviously some far-fetched sci-fi stuff. Mm. Yeah. But that would be... That's my... That's my dream. Yeah. Yeah, I would like something similar, but the part that terrifies me about yours is putting on this fucking thing and going to sleep and, like, you know, mm. like, that just sort of terrifies me in some sort of primal way that I can't really describe properly. It's a sort of better-than-life kind of paradox, isn't it, in yeah. which people kind of waste away and don't... I hate to go into it, but Ready Player One as well, yeah. where everyone just kind of... The real world kind of fell to shit and no one really cared because they were so invested in these kind of online this is it. games I mean, and like, stuff. I still thing. need to eat as well. I can imagine myself, like, if you have quite a addictive personality, especially when it comes to video games. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe I do. I can imagine waking myself up and like, oh, fuck, I forgot to eat for three days, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I would like is the holodeck obviously. Right. Ah. Generation, you know, like you walk in and maybe it's probably not going to be a home experience. If you could rent out a place for an hour where you walk in... Sure. And, you know... You and your mates, you, you'll dress up. Oh, and... that would be sick. Oh, no, well, yeah, you could dress up. The holodeck just uh, fucking does it for you. In oh, does it? Generation. Yeah, oh, it I does. I they had to dress up before they go in. I don't, no, I don't I... think so, no. Oh, OK. Uh, anyway, carry on, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't really know. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, carry on. But, yeah, you walk in and, like, it's exactly the same, basically, but you don't have to put on some scary, like, world-ending headset. <laughs> you'll... you'll... But in the holodeck, you're physically there, right? You, you're not... You are walking around a room. Yeah. And um, it just it can go on endlessly. I assume yeah. it's never really specified because it's all sort of like... As for sci-fi. The holodeck yeah. is fucking basically magic in the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and the writers use it because writing like a million episodes about people on a spaceship does get boring sometimes. And sometimes they think, fuck it, we want to do it in Victorian era, so let's do that. Um, yeah, exactly. There is the worst episode, the, the holodeck episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they walk around and they can walk around in entire towns and go on like treks and journeys and cars and stuff. And like, I think the implication is that it would move. So you're still in this yeah. one confined space. Like yeah. virtual insanity music. Yeah, video. I was just thinking yeah, about exactly. that. Yeah. yeah, so something like that would be great. Maybe that would be, have to be on a larger scale, commercialised. As I say, like you'd go into the, the shopping centre and they'd have one and you'd rent it out. But. As for home experiences in VR, mm. I don't think it's going to work out. You ha there are so many limitations to it already. You mm. have to set up cameras all around your house. If you're doing something like the PlayStation VR, uh, because the way PlayStation VR works is it doesn't use like sensors like the more sophisticated ones do. It's literally a webcam. Yeah. It's similar to the iToy. It's yes. a webcam and it picks up lights emitted by the headset you're wearing. Yeah. And the lights at the end of the controllers, the move controllers and that's how yeah. it knows how you're doing it. And a lot of people have found you just don't have enough fucking space for it. Yeah, you know? especially in the UK. Yeah. Like, oh um, yeah, where houses are really small. Really small. 
And also, at least at the moment, I know it's in its infancy and tech in its infancy is always more expensive, but fucking hell, is it it's just like... It's so expensive. It's mental. Yeah, that was the other thing about the um, Kinect as well that I didn't touch upon. We had a really, really small living room. Uh, I wasn't able to play any of the dancing games, for example. I just did not have the living room space. Fortunately, my friends who had like bigger living rooms, we were able to play a lot more of the library of Kinect games, mm. which were as... You know, I remember playing them, I remember them being fun, but... Any of those games, just strike a line through them. Couldn't play them. Mm. Don't have a living room big enough. Mm. I think you touch upon a, a really yeah. important... It's I think kind when, of like economics of VR. Exactly. Yeah. I think until and if they can sort that stuff out, it's still going to be niche. It's still going to be limited to the bourgeois scum who have <laughs> enough money to buy it. And then, even then, it's going to be limited to people who have enough space for it. Yeah. And so, given that, um, on the future of VR, I can see it working out, but I can see it working out as a more grand scale, commercialized experience sort of thing. You know, uh, to that end, I think that's great because it will be a more social experience, which I would love to see from VR. That's not really something we've touched upon, but it's all very solitary, isn't it? Just by its nature. It is, yeah. The only exceptions to that, I would say, are VR chat, which is just like, you know, a hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but fascinating absolutely oh, fascinating love the videos about it yeah uh, you know but there are already social experiences within VR on, on as I say on that grander scale uh, somewhere up country uh, I know in London at least uh, but in other places there's a Star Wars VR experience yeah you ever heard of it? I've, I've heard of it yeah and it's this uh, big old complex in a shopping centre you walk in and uh, it's you and up to five people all put on VR headsets and you carry this backpack which has got like a fucking like little mini computer on it to set it all up and you all put it on you all get given like a little light gun and you're walking around these halls and it's all specifically tailored for it so you don't walk into any walls because the walls look like all Star Wars-y but they are actually walls and wow. uh, you all share the same shared space you can all see each other. You all look like stormtroopers. Oh wow! And um, oh, that's cool. Scum. Yeah, oh, you you man. you fight rebel scum. There's like a little plot line. Oh, that's fucking and sick. That's uh, I mean, I know there's the fantasy. What we would like to see, hollow decks and shit. Maybe, maybe not. But where I can actually see the future of VR is in those those one-off mm. experiences. Yeah. Um, maybe not even one-off. Maybe they can be repurposed and rebuilt into different yeah. levels and stuff like uh, Like an arcade. Uh, like that. Like yeah. an arcade. I can definitely, definitely see it not just disappearing into obscurity like maybe the connected, but living on through experiences like that. No, That's... I agree. I think that would be really cool, really cool to see. I can, I mean, just thinking about that, just, you know, me and a whole bunch of... Yeah. yeah. Your mates but... as Stormtroopers. Yeah. Sounds that great. sounds yeah. fucking sick. And you can sick. have anything if they're, like, they're doing around. big licenses like that. It's another thing, uh, wrapping around, Disney Quest, retry that. It could be, could be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fucking sick. We live in a really, really exciting time. Fuck yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting to see like what can happen because, uh, I mean, you know, number one, there's nothing I want to invest that much money in to play. And right. number two, I don't have that much money to invest in it to play. Mm. So until these things kind of change... You'll continue to be niche. Yeah, right. unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for joining us on this episode of 4 Out of 10, Would Buy on Sale. I have been Josh Face, joined by Lewis. Yo, what up? And Daniel. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you can find us. We're at Twitter at Woodbuy on Sale, Facebook at Woodbuy on Sale, 
Uh, we've got a Twitch channel as well where we'll be streaming stuff every so often. There is no planned no. date for anything. There are a couple of things I wanted to to stream, but we'll see how we'll see how we go with those. You'll be the last to know. <laughs> but yeah, keep on not downloading our podcast, and we'll continue to be the least downloaded <laughs> podcast on IG. Hey. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.